Welcome to uh, the Berkey Guide podcast. We're recording this on Monday, February 12th. You know, usually we talk to Ben Pop before the race, and this is a sort of different talking to Ben Pop. Sounds like the Berkey's done a lot of work to uh, bring us something in a couple weeks, despite all the weather there or lack of weather this year. So we're going to dive right in and uh, find out what the Berkey has in store. So most years we check in with Berkey staff a uh, week or two before the race, and usually it's sort of all systems are go check in. I know last year we were just talking about how you're worried about plowing snow off of the course. Um, and then 2017, that wasn't the case. And I know if you look back to 2007, it wasn't the case. So we are in the once every 10 or so years, we just have a Berkey that doesn't quite work out. But, um, you know, what are we looking at this year? What are we looking at, you know, two weeks before the race? What's our what's our status? Yeah, you know, I mean, it, you hit it on the head. This is definitely going to be a unique year. Um, it's going to be another 98, another you know, 2001, et cetera. 2000, 2002. 2001 was good. 2001 was good. Got it. Um, See how much I know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I think at the end of the day, we all realize that, man, we've had less than 16 inches of snow here in Hayward all season long, that uh, the reality is it's not going to look like a normal race. The one thing I will say, though, that because of what we learned from 2017 and the investments that the greater community has put into us as an organization, we're going to be able to not have to cancel the 2024 Berkey. Rather, it's going to look different. It's going to be more of an open track like it was in, I think was, now help me out here. Wasn't it 98 that we skied an open track to? um, Uh, 07. 07. 07. That was my second Berkey. And then what was 98? uh, I think that too was a a weird. 98 was, so I think 98 was to, to double O, but I think it was timed. Got it. Got it. And I mean, this is before my time and O2 was, O2 was, and I, again, I, I mostly have heard this secondhand when I was in college. I think O2 was when people said, yeah, we got to Rosie's Field, and then we all had to walk through mud for half a mile to get to the buses. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So. Actually, it did end in Rosie's Field that year. That was a super fun race. In fact, I think it might have been one of my better finishes because it was like you didn't have to ski across the lake, and it was – anyways, I regress. So the 2024 Berkey um, – you know, again, I, here's the thing, right? We are in our infancy of snowmaking after 2017. We started investing in it. And, and when I always say, it's kind of funny when people say, oh, the Berkey's investing in it. It isn't really the Berkey. I mean, it's all the people that give us the money as donors and supporters to do it, right? And so it's all you Berkey skiers that have donated money to us to, to invest into snowmaking have gotten us to where we are right now. And so I think first step is, um, you know, we've had about a four kilometer loop built out all of January that we use for a variety of races. So that's kind of the backbone of the course. And then we started working with Eric Whitcomb and some of the data strategy folks from Georgia Tech and that group. And it was really helpful for us because just some of the modeling of we know everybody's Berkey average kilometer speed, right? I mean, we can pull all that data from year over year. So just pulling that kilometer speed and then putting it into what does it look like on a, a 5K? What does it look like in a 10K? When you start overlapping those people and to see how it modeled out. And so we knew that we needed to get at least to 10 kilometers um, to make anything sort of a semblance of a safe event where people could go out and ski. And so we had really only one window of snowmaking this winter, and it was about two weeks ago almost two and a half now and we had that series of 10 days when it was really cold 
And we think at that point in time, we were working with HKD, the snowmakers, that we were able to make anywhere from nine, eight to eight to 11 kilometers of snow, basically, in that period of time with the water we had and the infrastructure we have. So we built two really huge piles of snow. And they've literally been sitting, the plan was to start spreading them out in case we didn't have any snow, but it was mid-January, ah, we'll get snow. And then we were fortunate that we didn't move any of the snow because it was super warm. I mean, you know, what you've probably seen, we're breaking records in the Twin Cities, breaking records in Hayward, a bunch of rain. And so we were fortunate that we didn't move the snow. And actually, one of the big questions was, could we save Berkey 2024, was what did that snow look like? And how did it hold up? And so the crew, finally, we got cold enough weather Friday night of this past week. So they dug into it on Saturday um, and really started in earnest yesterday on Super Bowl Sunday. And I'm super happy to report that the snow is in great condition. They're finding there was a little crust on top. But imagine a pile of snow that's 40 feet, no, 60 feet wide, 40 feet tall, 200 feet long. (laughs) Yep. Times two yep. of those things. I mean, it was just monstrous. And so the... Like fill, filling up Lambeau Field. Yeah, pretty much. Right. Exactly. So now what's happening is there's excavators and dump trucks on site. We're working with Bayfield County, the town of Cable, a bunch of contractors. And we're going to spend this week, we started moving snow on, as I mentioned, on Sunday. Went fairly well. The little bit of the issue we have now is the ground isn't frozen. I mean, and so when you put the snow on it, that's fine. It doesn't melt the snow. But it's very difficult for the dump trucks to move because they just, it's like slime. So, I mean, uh, kudos to them and how good they are at at maneuvering these dump trucks. And and as I learned yesterday, I was riding along and actually driving one for a while, which was kind of fun. Maybe I got my my honorary CDL or something. But um, (laughs) when they're loaded, they work just fine. But when they're unloaded, I mean, you can't go anywhere in those things. Mm. It's like the worst rear-wheel drive car you've ever owned. So. Kudos to that group and what they've been able to do. And I think we now have upwards of, um, well, we had about a K down yesterday. And so, um, you know, it's it's uh, now going to start building out. So at the end of the day, the hope is that we're able to, I think between, the, so let's go back to the course for a second and then we can move on. But basically starting at the Berkey start line, going out the Berkey start to the power lines, once you get to the power lines on the skate trail, I'm hooking a left and coming back in on the classic trail, mm-hmm. then starting to wind through some of our competition trails that we've been using. Eventually, we take a new trail, which we call the, the K2 High Line, or yeah, K2 High Line Trail, which takes you over essentially by the old lodge. Then you keep on going. We're going to have a super big celebration zone in that old parking lot of Telmark, big band, band, you know, music and beer and brats. I mean, it's going to be the place to watch Jesse yeah. Grace. So basically Main Street. Main Street atmosphere, right, Telmark. exactly. Big party. And then then you're going to keep going um, onto the old golf course because that was a place that was pretty easy to maneuver the snow. And so mm-hmm. then you're going to be out on the golf course for a while and then eventually wind your way back, climb up and down Mount Telmark a little bit, not all the way over the top as you did in the late 70s. But weave around and then eventually back over to the competition trails and back down and through. So all told, my guess is minimum of 10. I think if everything worked out great, maybe we get all the way up to 12. You know, we won't really know that until by next weekend. The goal is um, the trail crew, we've turned the fire at the guns back on again, but it's been too warm, so now they're back off. The idea being that we're going to eventually... 
Looks like Thursday, Friday, Saturday Bingo. you might get some good Bingo. Weather. We're going to get well, three more days of kind of really good guns. And then um, and then from there, it's 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 spreading that last bit of snow out. The, the trail that was... And hopefully that freezes the ground up. Bingo. Too. That'll help. That, that's a big part of it. Because, you know, the other thing is now... As we look at what the event schedule is going to look like and we talk through that, the reality is you're going to have people there over five days, you know, starting open track on Wednesday through the full week of events. So if it's warm and muddy, oh, you're just tracking mud everywhere. It's just, yep. it, 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 ah. so it would be great if the ground was frozen and, and the like. It's just going to make everybody's experience that much better so that yeah. this isn't be, um, Mud Fest Berkey 2024, rather. The 50th anniversary of the American Bird Combiner is what we hopefully remember it for. So, so I think the course is going to – you know, there's a few sections of trail that we've been cutting out. Like we're taking out the elevator shaft, which some people freak out about. It's actually not a big hill at all. But some of the things that, that were identified as could start to back people up because they're, mm-hmm. they're slowing or whatever. Well, you as a data guy knows – Anytime you start to slow one down, now it's going to just start to accordion and slow everybody down. So in this idea of trying to keep people moving on a, on a compressed course, that's really going to be a, 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 an important component to it. So I think it's going to be a good course. I think it'll be fun. You know, it certainly the World Cup athletes that are going to be staying and racing, I think for them it's going to be a little bit of a... Um, type of type of course, but at the, at the end of the day, that's fine. They they're not coming to race it as part of the hardest course ever. They know being a part of this popular ski race and all the people and whatnot. That's really why they're coming and want to be here. So I don't. In fact, maybe an easier course will be good. They can take it a little bit easier because, as we're seeing, they're going through a super stressful Canmore right now section of of World Cups and then to Minneapolis. So it's a lot of racing to begin with, and so uh, yeah, we'll see how that turns out. Yeah. Now, just going into snowmaking, can you talk about just what the constraints are for snowmaking that you have and uh, what you what you have in place? Yeah, we currently have um, – so we had been using the old well that ran Telmark Lodge. That was our water source. And we actually just this fall brought online another well that Tony had used for snowmaking. So we have two wells. They generate about 450 gallons a minute between the two of them. Like I said, the one served the lodge. The other one was Tony's snowmaking wells. And it, currently, we don't have any pipes buried. Everything is above ground. And so we, mm-hmm. we run four-inch lines above ground, and then from there, flatlined it down to two-inch lines to the guns. And it's just a very labor-intensive job because everything has to get blown out as soon as you're done. Or if you get a breakdown, everything freezes up instantly. And so yep. that, coupled with our lack of infrastructure for power, you know, you got to plug these things in everywhere, right? And it's three-phase power, which is really expensive. So getting... Right now we have minimal plugins, and so ideally, right, if you look at a place like these new venues like down at Aaron's or Battle Creek or um, Highland Park and those places in the cities, they just have plugins and water everywhere you need it. You just keep moving your – but those are $4 million operations. We've spent to date about $600,000 on snowmaking, so while that's a lot of money, that's a far cry from where we need to be eventually to what we know is a, is a system that – you know, eventually I think we want to be able to build out maybe upwards of a 25K Berkey contingency that – meaning not that it's all snowmaking, but that it would be some has snowmaking and some would get snow, you know, really grass, you know, like sort of golf course-like where you can do it on minimal snow and you could build mm-hmm. out a 25K loop around Telmark that on a year like this – you're not just trying to cobble together a 10 or 11K, but you actually are able to put together a 25K contingency course. That could be a one-lap Cordy, two-lap Berkey type of thing. Um, but 
that'll take a few more donors and, and the like. And like I said, I, we're super appreciative of, you know, it's not our money. It's, it's people that give us their money to help support the vision. So I always be remiss to say thank you to them because um, we wouldn't be here without it. We'd be back in 2017 if, if we hadn't had that infrastructure and support. Is the National Scenic River the issue that you can't just pull cold water out of the river or are there other issues? Yeah, there? we looked at it actually, you know, because like they do it in Duluth um, at Spirit Mountain out of the St. Croix, or not the St. Croix, but the um, um, St. Louis. It, the problem is it's too shallow. You know, those you have to let the intakes, uh, the, the river up there. You need is to just, build a pond basically. Basically, and, right. And so one yeah. thing we are, there is one of the old overflow ponds that Tony had created as part, it was like not part of the septic treatment system, but there was a couple overflow there. It must have been as part of an emergency system. We're looking at right now the design of utilizing one of those. The, the one is about 800,000 gallons, which would be about the right amount to buffer enough um, mm-hmm. where we would just use the wells to fill the pond and pull out of the pond, colder water, pretty much an endless source. Yep. The, the, the system that HKD has helped us design at, to optimize, we'd be at about 750 gallons a minute um, to put down the system that we think would be ideal over time, allow us. And when we looked at the system, it was really, it's, it's built around, they looked at our national, our, our weather averages over the last 20 years. Now we know those are changing, but hey, if you want to have X amount of K by this date, here's how many snowmaking days you're going to have that and, and really approach yeah. it. Okay, well, you need this many guns, you need this much water. So... That's the goal. And this winter has really just been off the oh. charts for, yeah. I mean, insane. I mean, I, like I said, the fact that I've not taken my, my, at my house, my grooming snowmobile out. I haven't taken my snowblower out. I don't even know if I've shoveled much, really. It's just, it's crazy. Um, the, the, the winter that we've had and the fact that now we're going to have two, maybe of two of some of the biggest ski races in the world happening in Minneapolis. And then at the Berkey in a year like this is crazy, but, uh, it shows yeah. that I think the perseverance of the Lopet Foundation and certainly the Berkey to say, hey, we're going to put something on. We know these are important to the community, and it's a, it's about the skiing, but it's also about getting together and hanging out and sharing stories. And so, the and they really saved the snow down there. I'm glad. I, I assume you're pretty glad you're not trying to do a World Cup race up there on this with, with this kind of weather. But they really managed to save that. Looks like they might get a little snow at least, so it might be white down there this this week. I hope so. I mean, you know, just a little bit. I, I skied there last Wednesday, and yeah, they've done an amazing job. You know, and they had a couple feet plus of snow on the trails, and they they did an outstanding work there. And yeah, I mean, boy, just to, just even a dusting to make it look like winter, so that when yep. everybody shows up, they're like. Well, is it April or is it May? What is it here? You know, um, yeah. and it'll still be amazing just by the fact that it, most of the World Cup skiers understand that and that's what they ski on now is these ribbons of snow. Yeah. But boy, to have this magical backdrop of the cities and it, it could be cool. And not that it won't be cool anyways, but uh, it, it'll be uh, it'll be something. I mean, it's impressive. They're going to get thirty thousand people there, and I, I assume people who don't have tickets will try to sneak in anyway. It's going to be uh, it's going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think right as a park, I was thinking about that. Right, I mean, I'm short of fencing the entire park, I mean, shoot, you can just kind of walk in, which I think is super cool. I mean, the tickets were free anyways, and so right. at the end of the day. I hope a bunch of people just like, what the heck's going on over here? You know, what are all these construction trailers here for? Are they building something? Oh, no, those are wax cabins. Um, what's a wax cabin? Um, you know, don't, don't breathe in too hard. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, so it's going to be awesome. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. It should be fun. When you look at a lot of the other venues, I, I went and skied the uh, Dolo Mittenloff earlier this year. They've had to relocate that up to higher elevation. And then some of the folks I talked to there and... For those of you who are podcast listeners who I uh, met on a bus there, hello, fellow podcast uh, listeners. They're, they were going to the Marcia Longa, and that's a race where they have built a 70-kilometer snowmaking system. 
is that anything that's feasible for the Berkey, or, or is it just too different from what the market? Yeah, what, you know, they they have roads, they have rivers. It's, I think it's a lot easier for them. To do yeah, that. they're yeah. also in it is a pretty much impressive. more marginal environment. Yeah, no, it really is impressive. I actually skied it a few years back, and you know, there's eight alpine venues along that route, and yeah. and so basically they make it in eight big. Eight big, huge piles along the course, and then to your point, super easy. There's roads that run literally alongside the trail there, and then the big one is they get their National Guard essentially to move all the snow for them because mm-hmm. they deem it to be of importance to the regional economy. Now, I would argue we would be very similar to that, but I get it. It's it's a bit different. So yeah, the way they've done that is, you know, they get the Alpine areas to make it, and then they come in and and they have it always laid before Christmas because that Christmas to New Year's week is is when everybody sure. flocks to Northern Italy for for the for the just holiday time. So I don't know if that's ever going to be feasible. I think. For us, it's more of a, you know, we're always going to be going cable to Hayward, but that a contingency is going to be some sort of loop centered around because the idea that we can't can sort of be linear with our snowmaking and that it's really got to yeah. be centered around sort of more of a, a radius of sorts and that, you know, um, even now, I, like I said, I was part of helping on Sunday. The, the, the truck from when they were trucking snow from where we made it, which is kind of by the old lodge, out to the far end of the power line, uh, where we're tur- to the power line where we're turning around the farthest part. I mean, that was it's only like uh, it was just over a kilometer, like 1.4 k's or something. And that yep. was a monstrous truck. I mean, then you're like, holy cow, this takes forever to take a 20 yard dump truck there. And so, yeah, short of just you know having miles and miles of piping and that power, which that for sure isn't feasible through the net for the county forest, I don't think they'd let us do that. Um, but anyways, so I don't know if that for us yeah. is really in the cards, but certainly knowing that we got to continue to invest in infrastructure to, for years like this, that we know it's not the norm, but we got to be able to save it when it's when we can. So, well, and plus, what you could put all the snow down on the trail that you want, but the lake is uh, water skiing right now. Oh, so. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you could canoe across Lake Hayward right now. So, um, shortage of like I was thinking, somebody had the idea of one of those rafts. You know, you got the the line, you have the, and then you just pull yourself <laughs> across on a rope, and, uh, and everything comes down. Or you just go down and you just cut down to Highway seventy or Highway twenty seven and bring people, bring people in. That I mean, in that yeah, way, that, that way would be a lot too. You know, it's pretty normal. Even this year, actually, there is ice along the western shore. One on a low ice year where it's not like it is. It's your one of the best routes that was discovered is to stay along the western edge or the south edge, basically. And um, you, it brings you out at Lumberjack Bowl, so you never have to cross mm-hmm. the channel. And then, which is where the Berkey started, of course, in 73. And then once you got, you could get off in Lumberjack Bowl, you, you could finish in Lumberjack Bowl, or you could get off in Lumberjack Bowl and then ski that little section of B to 27 in. Um, yeah, and uh, so bring people across, yep, sure. exactly. So there's a couple options yeah. there if it became sort of this yearly problematic piece. Um, that you'd start. Well, to if we ever on. have good good snow and, and the lake is open, that's that's a contingency yep. you got to get to Main Street. Correct. And you and you know you you're good at moving snow when you have paved roads. That's, that's just a it. lot easier. That's what we've learned. Uh, you know, we've learned a ton in this uh, from a moving snow standpoint, and even about where we should make it and how to access it and that and the like. So, yep, yeah, all really important parts. And to have had to have that stash up there. I mean, I know you like usually blowing it, but if there's if it was a 2012 kind of year without a lake and you had that stash of snow, you'd truck it down, yep. down the highway. Exactly. Could That's build right. build into to Hayward That's as, right. as needed. That's right. Exactly. Right now we're a little under two weeks out from the race. And um, what is the race looking like? I know there's an announcement 
we're recording this before the announcement. It's going to be after. That's mostly through. What are we looking at for the race? Yeah, so I think um, it's going to end up being a you know a five day event, um, which it normally is anyways. When you think of Berkey Week, Wednesday through yep. Sunday. However, we also realize with the loop the size that we have that we're going to based again back on the modeling that uh, the, our friends did with Eric Whitcomb in the group. We need to, in an ideal scenario, not run more than about 2,500-ish skiers a day or so. So we started to look at how do we naturally break that up. And it sort of self-does it itself. But as we look at a course, and, and again, at our best guess at this point in time is about 10 to 11K. So that's going to be a one-lap Prince Hoken, two-lap Cordy, three-lap Berkey. And the reason being those distances, it, it, if, if we get people out there longer. So that for Prince Hoken and Cordy is pretty close. We could have done a fourth lap for the Berkey, but keeping people out there that much longer just keeps it that much more congested. And so the idea of getting over 30K kind of was important to us, but yet getting people off as they're finishing starts to free the loop up from a flow standpoint. So yep. right now, as we look at it, it looks like uh, or what, what, what's going to happen is on Wednesday, we'll have the open track. And so... Anybody that uh, signed up for open track, you're going to be skiing on Wednesday. It's about 1,200 skiers, I believe. And um, so that will remain unchanged, and, and I think there'll be a great experience. You got all day. should be a nice ski. What we're going to do is then open up a second open track on Thursday. So the people that are wanted to would normally be skiing on Friday or Saturday, if they're worried about those days being overly crowded, super tight, you want less chaos – we're not going to let them move into Wednesday. We want to keep the integrity of Wednesday. People signed up for what we want to keep it is. But we're going yep. to, we've now opened a second day of open track on Thursdays. And that's going to be, again, for those that are on the Friday, Saturday, that want to move into it and free themselves up to be a little bit uh, um, less congested. Friday, we're actually going to ski the Cordelope in two halves. Um, we're going to ski the Cordelope Classic in the morning. Um, it's based mm-hmm. on people's pace. Um, the slowest skier will do that 22K in about four hours. So they'll start um, at uh, in the morning, early morning on Friday. We'll do the Classic race. We're going to actually do a short regroom. And then, because they can do it well with, with our four machines, we should literally be finishing the regroom at the last, as the, we'll almost be sweeping the course <laughs> with the groomers. Um, and then in turn, they'll be, um, we'll be starting, we'll give it a little bit of time to set up and then we'll do the skate race in the afternoon. So that's again, starting to separate these numbers out. Sure. Saturday is the most complicated. Um, it's going to end up being that it's going to be only a freestyle day on Saturday. Um, we're going to, we're going to race waves one and two in the morning. It's a pretty homologous group. It's about 600 skiers, um, based on our no-show rate typically and the like. They'll ski in the morning from really early, like seven o'clock early. Um, and they'll run to completion their 33-ish K loop or, or course. Um, if it's 11 K, it'll take them a couple hours. That'll then yep. we'll, we'll get that cohort off the course then we're going to race the elite wave then in the middle of the day get out drink beers hang out have fun jesse and the crew will work where they'll actually ski a 50k so they'll do a full oh, wow. 50k okay. um so four laps for uh probably if it's 10 we're gonna we'll probably Five, define wow. an exact 10k loop for them we might have to cut and sure. paste so to speak yeah to they'll that elite group will do a, a full 50k so that's like a 10 30 to 12 30 um it'll be mm-hmm. quick uh, especially for you know some may be out there a little bit longer some of the 
197, 198, 199. But um, hey, don't 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 rag on the podcaster too much. <laughs> no, I hear you. No, I hear you. Hey, you get to start and ski with Jesse and some of the best skiers in the world. So, so is that going to be men and women combined? Women, it'll be same where the women go first. Um, go and first, then, yeah. Okay. So. And are you worried about some lapping oh, going sure. on? Or, I mean, Jesse's yeah. going to catch it. Don't worry. But yep. I think, you know, I think people will be courteous. And, I mean, it is what it is. We're all doing the best. Like I got can. caught by Keegan in a marathon. Exactly. So, so there you go. And it's yeah. really, it's it's under 250. It'll be about 250, 260 people, something like that. So it's a, it's a spread out. It's a pretty manageable group. And that's a group that are people are best on their skis, so to speak. And I think sure. when you say, hey, on my left, somebody hears you on my left, and it sounds and looks like Jesse Higgins. you'll hear a snowmobile coming or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. with, uh, you'll know to get out that's of the right. way. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Um, and then after that's done, then we're going to reopen Saturday afternoon for an open track again. So in other words, anybody that wants, and that'll be total chaos, of course. So if you just absolutely have to ski on Saturday because that's what feels right for you, we'll be able to open up another for any of those other waves, three through whatever that is, 10. And I assume the course will get a regroom no, after the... No, it uh, won't. It'll, be, it'll oh, just okay. open back up. And so that's why... No, we're, after... Well, between the the skate race and the the, the World Cup, going to get a reg? No, the, the, I don't. That, that's a still a TBD. Okay. You know, yeah. it's it's a small enough group. We the, don't think there'll be a lot of snow plowing out of that group. In, sure. in so we're in hoping that it's, and it's really hopefully yeah. quite cold and hard that it doesn't sure. have to. We're going to actually leave it up to the jury, and certainly we'll 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 query some of the athletes ahead of time, see what their thinking is. Some of them, I think, will like it to the way it is. It's going to be harder, and it's predictable. Yep. I can, oh, I see a, a, a burn there. Oh, I see it's soft there. Versus yep. if you're regular. Depends on the weather a bit, too. Bingo. If it's 38 or something, of course, oh, yeah. you don't touch it. But And then the biggest change, well, I mean, so then so then that's that. And then the biggest change is we'll be moving the Classic race till Sunday. Um, yep. All Classic skiers will be Sunday just so we can give them the best conditions and if you can't race on Sunday, that uh, you know, we still do have those open track options on Thursday that you could, you know, because both Wednesday, Thursday are both skate and classic um, yep. as open track. So if Sunday doesn't work for you, hopefully you can do it on Thursday. Um, so um, it becomes a, it's a, it's a long week. It, you know, we learned a lot out of COVID, Berkey, in twenty one, sort of sure. similar to this. Also, we yep. learned a lot in twenty seventeen. So I think if 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 nothing else, you can't. I think this crew. Has, has really been observant, learned a lot from our, our previous race experiences and what went well, what didn't, and hopefully, you know, that coupled with the fact that people believed in us as we've developed Telmark and that property. I mean, this too wouldn't have been doable without the investments we've made there and redeveloping some of the trails and the snowmaking and whatnot um, sure. and infrastructure that this would have been 2017 all over again, but it's certainly not perfect. And we know that we can still get better, but it's going to save the 50th anniversary of the Berkey and help make sure Ernie gets his 50th, give Jesse a Berkey experience. And, and my mom yep. doing her 31st Barney kids doing the Barney, everything it means to be doing a, a Berkey. So, yeah. And you know, that, that just means that Jesse has to come back when there's a full course and do it again. That's right. Exactly. That's right. As she retires, I mean, you know, I don't know how much longer she's going to be doing it, uh, but I'm, I, you know, my uneducated assumption is at least through this next Olympics. But then after that, of course, she's, you know, uh, we'll have to get her back. And even, you know, you look at somebody like Keegan, as soon as she's retired, she's been here many of the she's years now. Yeah, and, yeah. You know, I know when I talked to her today, she's excited because Breck is going to be here and he gets to ski the barn on and the like. So, you yeah. know, it slowly becomes more of this family tradition. And, and so we're, 
Yeah, it's 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 and uh, the Barnabarki and other events will just take place Telmark. Most of them are. The Barna is actually one that's still a little bit. uh, We're still actually haven't nailed that one down exactly. But Junior Barky will be racing up there. Para, I think they're going to be doing the ski joring. Is not going to be ski joring actually. It's going to be a double O, and I think that one's going to actually end up being a foot, Mm -hmm. uh, some sort of on foot. Something or yeah. another. Um, just uh, so, yes, the Barna, it, the hard part about the Barna is it's just a big group of people uh, that's in mass that is, you know, skiers are kind of. St- spread out as we create a trail which worked well for us we don't have a lot of stadium mm. area type of things where the barna sure. might end up that it's more of a downtown on foot kids having fun eating cocoa or drinking drinking cocoa hot cocoa running up and down main street or something i don't know it's you know we'll see that's like i said i know christian yeah. and crew still working on the final details of that we still got a, you know uh couple days so to speak uh, as we get closer but I mean, we know people are planning and on the flip side of that yeah. you know we also know families that have kids that do the barna and the junior or whatnot so uh, the idea of trying to keep that homologous yep my my i could have kids that do the barna and then my other kids do the junior or that kind of piece so yeah. how can they fit those together so that i can do both type of stuff um but that that the, and then some of the other things will remain the same expo at the school um will be i think really good is just as a heads up to everybody, the, they're they're under they're redoing a bunch of the school right now. Um, they had passed a referendum a few years ago, and so they're redoing some of the gym and some. So you're going to see a construction zone for the expo this year. Uh, super great for the future, but uh, this year is actually going to be quite large. It's one of the largest expos we've ever had, crammed into <laughs> a, a bit of a different spaces, and how you get your bibs going to be different. So I will say. We're thinking about doing some live Q&As every night before the next day, knowing that everything's a little different. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, on Wednesday night, say, hey, if you're coming to Berkey tomorrow for Thursday, here's what to expect. Keep them brief, but, you know, if everything is going to be a little different each day this year. So um, yeah. just plan to give yourself more time because uh, everyone – it's not like, oh, I do the same thing every year. This year, literally, everything will be different for everybody. So um, take your time, bear with us. And I think at the end of the day – the upside of this, if there is one, is that we all are going to be in one place. That energy should be super exciting from, you know, instead of seeing your loved one cross finish line, you're going to see your loved one ski one, two, three laps, get a chance to, you know, to interact with them. And I think the sponsors and partners have cramped up some really fun activations, especially in that celebration zone. And yep. uh, it should it should be a hit, I think. And then, you know, the nice thing is that if, if for the for the elite race, for folks who want to watch those those top skiers, if your loved one happens to be Jesse Diggins, you'll be able to be there the whole time. That's and, right. And watch their, them all come through. Yeah, it's going to be pretty cool, actually. That's why I think, you know, I've talked to a bunch of people just anecdotally as we talked about some schedule changes and ideas, trying to get feedback from different cohorts. And they're like, oh, yeah, I'd for sure move to Thursday because then I can just make Friday my party hangout fun day, come back, come watch Jesse and partake of the party, which I normally can't. Yeah. Um, so I think there'll be a number of folks that'll do that um it'll be by far the best ski conditions on thursday and wednesday just because again reduced numbers uh saturday yep. will be crazy and chaotic we realize that but i think that's going to be fun as well as friday kind of <laughs> breaking the day up into those pieces and, and the like yeah. so it should be something else um that's for sure so now now a couple of sort of sort of questions one is i assume that you know, even for the Saturday races, are people going to be timed on that 30K or is it going to be more of an open track? It'll be more, more other than the elite wave, it'll be an open track, yeah. essentially. You'll get credit for racing this year. Sure. You do have to do the, then you will still wear your chip and you get, you know, if you say, 
I'm going to do the Berkey this year, or I'm signing up for the Berkey, and I only did two laps. Well, you don't get credit. So you don't get credit yeah. for a or somehow or something. So yeah. you're going to have to do the prescribed race and distance, um, but you will get credit. And then in turn, wave placement will remain looking back at the same amount of years. So I think it'll be 20. Right now, for this year, it was 20, 22, and 23. 23. So it'll remain... Yep. Now, 20 is getting pretty stale, so you better keep training. Our, but to be fair, we just have mm-hmm. to do that. So it'll be 20, yeah. 22, yeah. 23 looking back um, for the following year. So yeah, it'd be kind of hard, so, too, because there's a lot of races that people often rely on that got canceled this year as well. Yeah. You know? And so yeah. it's a bummer. World Lopet races, certainly everything from the Vasa Lopet and the like here. But pre Berkey. Yeah. Yeah. So one thing that you know folks are really looking at is how do you get to the start? Um, it's probably going to be sort of similar busing to previous years, and they just take a bus both directions. I assume there's not going to be much of any parking at the start. Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. Um, they'll be busing every day from hopefully the the um, cable lot up in Cable, and that's close. And then Berkey Ridge, uh, if that one gets full or we need extra, and that'll be for spectators and um, participants. We will open up, um, you can buy up, so on Wednesday you don't need a parking pass. Everybody can drive in on Wednesday. That's how it's been advertised. Yep. That's what we normally do and that can handle that group. But Thursday, Friday, um, and Saturday we've sold passes. We'll, we're going to, because it hasn't snowed, we're going to reopen that up and we can put more cars on our parking areas. So we will reopen up Saturday pass sales as well as create a pass for a Thursday, Friday, Sunday. So you could buy a pass for a Thursday, Friday, Sunday, if you want to choose one of those where you could drive in, we know there'll be reduced volume, although Friday could be crazy. But um, So there will be opportunities to be able to drive in and park if you don't want to get on a bus at 6 in the morning if you're doing an early race or whatnot. But, you know, the busing is so slick. They've You know, Paul Wessel and that group has really figured it yeah. out. And it's short. And there'll be plenty of warming areas and beer tents and changing areas and with the Dirks and Great Hall all the way to to the yeah. myriad of tents. The long-term forecast, I'm just looking at it, you know, they're talking about highs in the mid-30s, lows in the teens. I mean, it, again, who knows? That too could change, but I think as a whole, it could be some pretty pretty nice spectating weather, pretty nice skiing weather, and, you know, when you're done, enjoying a brat and a beer and uh, a few games of bags or something, who knows? Yep, and hopefully the ground's nice and frozen, I would... As uh, as I have al- I've always said for Hayward, bring a pair of shoes or a pair of boots because you don't want to be walking around in your ski boots the whole time. That's right. Absolutely. Good change of clothes. And, you know, it'll make baggage easier. Um, you know, we got great volunteers. Dave was just in today. Now, I mean, it'll be very similar. It's just it's not going anywhere. You're going to drop yep. it in one place and they'll organize it. When you come back, you'll have it, you know, it'll be organized for you to pick up. So, um, you know, it should be pretty slick. You won't have to be throwing it on trucks. And uh, they'll, they'll, that part should be pretty pretty straightforward and changing tents and soup, the final food station tents, your favorite chicken noodle soup or tomato bisque, et cetera. Um, yeah. Plenty of Earth Rider beer and lots of brats. So what else? Lots, what, of, what, lots of beer and brats. Yeah. Yep. What else can you have? So it'll be Main Street in Telmark. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Tony is looking down saying, all right, well, they figured out something evidently. So that's uh, hopefully yeah, it make them It's supposed to end in Telmark every so often. So I guess it's sort of uh, Hey, heard. maybe this is a <laughs> – never thought of that. Maybe there's a hearkening back to the origins of finishing at Telmark in 1973. Um, we just aren't starting in Hayward. That's all. Uh, obviously, I wasn't skiing the Berkey back in the in the eighties, but when it did start, and and I don't think you were as well as well, but when it did start in uh, in Hayward, you know, I assume people I, did they start? On, I think they started on Main Street and sort of went down Main Street. 
you're, you're sort of done for the day once you're in Hayward and it was all up Telmark. So that's something we don't really get to do anymore. And Telmark obviously is different than what, what it was, but it's, uh, it's a, a different Absolutely. Experience. It's funny. I was just, I did my first court Lopet. We started in Hayward and Barrich Field, which was um, just kind of adjacent to current golf courts. The flag poles are still up. I was over there looking at it the other day. The two big poles that had the big one huge flag in it are still up. And so you'd start there, you'd kind of wind through the golf course, down Main Street, and then off you went. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, uh, it was, yeah, I think you're totally, it's, it, you know, it was, oh, they're gone. And, you know, I think Hayward is still going to be quite busy. Um, you know, most, there's, most of the housing is closer to Hayward. There's just by virtue of it being sure. a bigger area. There's more yeah. restaurants, et cetera. So I think Hayward will still be busy and hopefully, I mean, you know, Northern Wisconsin, if this is my plug for Northern Wisconsin right now, is, is suffering from a tourism standpoint without any snow. Yeah. I've been talking to restaurants and, and hotels and the like. They're down 60, 70, 80% in some cases. So people that are coming up and want to go to uh, Coops for some pizza or stop by Rivers or head out and get some Backroads coffee, whatever those places that you normally hit are, I highly recommend yeah. it because I think they would welcome your business because um, it's been a rough year for them for sure. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's a that's an important plug is that this is really the biggest uh, the, the biggest single weekend of the year up in up in this region, and so you know whether you're whether you're staying up at a house or a hotel, you're really going out. It's it's really a, a shot in the arm of the economy up there. Big, uh, big time. I was looking at room tax the other day from uh, town of Hayward. And yeah, February is as big as July, and that's unheard of. If you look at the other towns and counties, you know, a little bit farther away, typically winter months aren't even close to what summer months are. And so it helps you realize the, the, the importance of it to the local economy and making sure that next year when you come back, there's bars and restaurants and places to stay because we need to keep them in business. So yeah, definitely come on out and have some fun. So the other question I have is, let's say that, you know, next Tuesday, models change. Yeah ground freezes up and you got a foot of snow would you be able to do an extended natural yep. snow course and sort of make changes of this go out to double o and back do something like that yeah that's a, a, exactly 100 percent. the crew is still working through those contingencies and yes the short answer is you know hey maybe we, it's a it's a back to maybe it is a 25k loop that goes out it's a high point and back or could be a full one like we did in covid year where we went all the way to double yep. o um so yes, the short answer is we've brought in all the grooming support that we need for that, um, just as if it was going to be normal grooming um, for Berkey Week. So we have uh, a full staff of, of groomers. We have five machines on site, um, thanks to our partners from Prenoth. And uh, in fact, the guys are the crew. The grooming crew is like, yeah, 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 yeah. They're salivating, hoping it, you know, they just love to do it and mm-hmm. want to be out there. And not that they're not plenty busy trucking snow around and pushing it out right now. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, they're ready for the challenge. All the aid station, uh, race chiefs and, and areas in charge of those different aid stations are prepared that if something were to change, they're ready for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it'd and be a great problem. We'd probably still be looking at a open if that were if that were to happen. Still looking at open track, maybe time. You know, it's sort of a up in the air. I would guess, and this is only um, guessing. And this is obvi- not not really in the models yeah. right now, so I don't want to get anyone's hopes up. But you know, any anything can. happen. Yeah, you know, if, think of twenty seventeen. It was going to snow eighteen inches, um, sure. and it didn't. So the, the opposite can happen. Um, I would think if we can get to a, a, a distance that that's not where it has to be multiple loops, that it can be a singular loop, then for sure it would be timed. Um, yeah. And, and the like, you know, it's when you start creating loops, 
That's sure. when you start running in people into the back of each other, and then they can no longer ski at their pace. For instance, even that first and second wave event, Saturday, early Saturday morning, you're going to get a, a, a lap or maybe a lap and a half, a good condition, but then you start running into the back of people. And then, you know, the course is about 22 feet wide we're going to build, so it'll be two solid skate lanes, which is yep. normally what the race ends up is. I mean, you end up with normally yeah. two skate lanes. It's still a little bit able to squeak around the edges. For Classic, it'll be great. We'll be able to set four really good tracks and still have extra room on the side. So Classic, in this case, is going to get easier. You're just going to have more width in the whole, like... Uh, waxing might actually be easier just because you know what the snow is going to be like. It's going to be the same the whole Super way. old corn snow that's been transformed a ton. Yeah. You know, we're bringing up some of the new... man. This Some of this machine-made snow has been sitting under this huge pile, so it's not going to be transformed quite as much. But I think, you know, we'll be grooming it. Once get, it gets groomed up, it'll... It'll, yeah. yeah, exactly. It'll be hard in course and having as someone who skis mostly on man-made snow, it's it, it, it transforms pretty yeah. pretty quickly yeah. no matter what right. you do. Exactly. Well, I mean, it, it certainly sounds like you're salvaging, uh, you know, something for everyone, even if it's not, you know, if it's not what you expected. I think another, um, you know, another nice thing is that for people doing open track, you might have someone who's doing the quarter loop, but someone who's doing the Berkey. They can go out and ski together. Absolutely, um, there's gonna be a lot of a lot of that kind of thing, which. You know, I sort of remember from 2017, yeah. it was uh, it was a lot of camaraderie out there. That was on pretty, pretty sketchy conditions <laughs> that we were going out to double O on. It was like, bring your rock skis and hope for the best. Yeah. Um, and I know you do such a great job with the trail that you don't really need that much snow to ski on it, but... Uh, but but nothing is is not going to cut it. So. Yeah, no, it's it's just crazy. I look out the window. I mean, and, and it looks like it could be April twenty third or May fourth. Or I mean, it's just there's not really yeah. literally a snowflake outside. Which you know, the fact that it was fifty four and raining on Christmas, that we had fifties and mid fifties and rain last week. Um, it's it's insane and coupled with the fact that it has been less than 20 inches of snow for the entire season which is kind of iron the irony of that is i actually skied we got about a three inch snow the very first one on halloween and i skied on halloween with my kids mm -hmm. and i'm like oh it is so cool it's great <laughs> you know and i think if you look at the twin cities they are they're at sitting about seven inches of snow and their heaviest snow month was october yeah. so it's just i mean it's it's you know Right? Crazy, yep. crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, so uh, we'll chalk this one up to some more experience. And like I said, I think the, I think the event this year is going to be one that certainly people remember is the 50th. We're going to have a lot of celebration around history and remembering that, bringing back some of the yep. things that Tony had from flyovers to ice sculptures to history boards. Because I think more than anything, celebrating the past for us is important because that's what got us here. And certainly um, it's going to propel us into the future uh, so I think now is the time to take pause and remember that and really uh, understand why it's been important for us to get to this point and where we're headed. We'll look forward to seeing everyone out there in a couple of weeks. Hope the weather holds up at least to keep what we have going. I think you have a pretty darn good plan in place for us. And um, maybe check in if anything changes. Hope for some more snow. But uh, even if we don't get it, it sounds yeah. like it's going to be worth coming out for the Berkey. Oh, it's going to be, I think, totally. I mean, I think certainly the skiing is a big part of it. But being a part of the community is just as big, in my opinion. And when I say community, I mean certainly the local community, but even more so the greater ski community. We get to see each other in small parts all over and throughout the year. But this has become sort of the one time of the year that many of us can all get together and reunite and tell stories and talk about our friends and family and what's going on and what isn't and 
I, I really encourage people that it, they, it will be enjoyable. It's going to be a Berkey. You're going to get your participation in. You're going to get the opportunity to see some of the best skiers in the world all the way to the opportunity yourself. To, I, I was doing an interview the other day, and I said, think about this. I mean, how many times did, did, do you get to go throw a ball around with Tom Brady in Gillette Stadium? Never. How often yeah. do you get to go stand side by side with the best in the world? And that's really the opportunities that I think are coming our way. And so, heck, they don't come around every day, all the, every day. So let's take advantage yeah. of them. Well, we are looking forward to it, and um, hopefully the weather just goes back sort of towards normal. I mean, we'd be happy with normal. We, and, um, <laughs> we would yeah, love we have, normal. haven't seen it. <laughs> and, uh, and looking forward to, you know, if, if not a perfect Berkey, a, uh, a Berkey that we can all remember. That's right. Amen. So, uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing you up here in the Northwoods soon. Thanks as always, Ben. Hopefully we do get to come up to the Berkey um, and have a, uh, a fun event for, uh, for a lot of folks. It's obviously not going to be what is normal, but it should be a good time. Might even be the opportunity to do a race day podcast just not on Main Street. So we'll check in probably for some weather, uh, maybe back with the Berkey in the next few days. Uh, hopefully we'll see uh, some, if not everyone, up at the Berkey in a couple weeks. <laughs>